This is Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. Our heart for you is that you would live like Jesus and share his love. In this 27th episode of Radiant Reflections, Pastor Ryan Bibb, Pastor Josh Harima, and Pastor Brandon Kinsey talk a little bit more about Pastor Brandon's message, which was the third installment of the Dangerous Prayer series. In this message, Pastor Brandon shared the idea that we need to pray and ask God to send us, send me into what you're calling me to. So today, these three pastors will talk more about what that means. Well, hey there. How are you? What's new? What's happening? It's Pastor Josh Herman here for episode 27 of Radio Reflections. I'm joined once again by my co-host, Pastor Ryan Bibb. What's up? Greetings. And today we have a super special guest. He's over there sipping his water like a champ. It's Pastor Brandon Kinsey. Super special. <clears throat> super special. And not just regular special. <laughs> yeah. Stop I've been called special head. before, so yeah. <laughs> How are you today? Pastor Brandon, uh, I, I'm doing okay. I'm I'm slow waking up today. Like I woke up really easy yesterday, but today it, I, the computer is booting up pretty slow. You know, it's like ten thirty, right? <laughs> Which is why it's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, hey, we are in our series here at Radiant Life called Dangerous Prayers. We just had. Well, a couple of days ago, we're a little bit late in the week recording this episode. So two days ago, we had episode three in that teaching series, and uh, you brought a prayer. What prayer did you bring? Send me. Send me. There you go. That's it's, dangerous. It's da- <laughs> now, which one? You knew Darkwing Duck, right? When we were doing like an uh, talking about this. Okay, where you were the one that, Kenji, you were the one that were like, what in the world is Darkwing Duck? Was that you? Yeah, we okay. did talk about this. Okay. Yeah, I just, you had a Even practice. though we talked about it, I still don't remember what we talked about. Okay. Well, that's all right. Cuz I thought really it was DuckTales. I mean, comparable. I think there was there's a carryover. Like oh, launch, okay. Launch pad was that a character out of DuckTales? No, I don't think so. Oh. All the right. launch pad from DuckTales was in Darkwing Duck. Okay. Anyways. So, <laughs> the prayer was sent me. So the starter question this morning is, like, what is the coolest place you guys have ever been to? You know, think of send, right? You think of going away. Think of going somewhere, being sent somewhere. Mm. What's the coolest place you've ever been? That's a tough one to narrow it down to. Uh, I've been to Bogota, Colombia, uh, which was pretty cool. It's, it's like on top of a mountain, and... Actually, it's like on top of a mountain that's like in a bowl. I don't know how to describe it. Like, <laughs> like the mountain peak is a bowl. So like you have to climb up the mountain to go into a bowl. Does that make sense? I'm trying yeah. to say this in yeah. a visual way. Was it way. a volcano? Uh, I think so, yeah. If you envision a volcano <laughs> minus lava uh, and debris flying everywhere. So like you go to like the crest of the bowl sort of thing, and it just this panorama view of this city and when I went, it was the seventh largest city in the world. And it was absolutely gorgeous. We went there in the evening one time, and yeah, it was pretty cool. It just it was gorgeous. So back up to the volcano. Why is debris flying all over the place? <laughs> well, doesn't the a volcano. volcano shoot debris? I mean, I, I never you know, like It one. shoots lava, like some, not like debris. Some empty empty it coffee shoots cups and like some hot <laughs> magma. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, right. it's a volcano that, that doubles as a. From. It's the it's the city dump. 
they just dump everything into the volcano. And yeah, and then it spits it the out. Volcano yeah, explodes. we're done. There's it's debris full. everywhere. There you go. Uh, yeah, I've never been to a volcano, but I would imagine that's kind of cool from a distance. Well, probably, I mean, you can go to a volcano. You probably just don't want to be at an active volcano. Well, I mean, there's some in Hawaii, right? Right, like, but, they're not, go I mean, but they're not, like, currently, like, rumbling to explode. It's a totally... Or they are, you know, yeah. whatever. Depends on who you talk to. <laughs> I guess I don't. I don't track volcanic activity. I I don't either. I don't. All right, Ryan. Coolest place you've ever traveled to? Uh, hands down, Israel. You just can't beat the Holy Land. It's just awesome. I can't wait to go. Yeah, I'm hoping yeah. to go with you someday. You guys gonna like yes. ride, ride some camels across the desert? <laughs> no, I, don't know about no camels, I, I will but. say this. I will say this. Israel was top notch. <clears throat> The best place I've ever been to. The worst experience was also in Israel when I rode a stinking camel. Oh, <laughs> that was horrible. So I've I've only ever ridden a camel at like a, a county fair. Nah, nah. And it was and it was awesome. No. I was like, dude, I could do this all day long. Really? No, <laughs> real camels in the wilderness, awful experience. I mean, I'm grateful for it. I hated the 20 minutes okay, I was on that was, animal. What was what was bad about it? I, Inappropriate for the podcast. Okay, all right. <laughs> Are camels wider guess, than horses? Well, they're they're lumpier than horses. Well, I just because I've ridden a horse. The, the problem a with a camel is the way it walks. It's not a smooth okay. walk. It's very herky jerky, and it hurts you. Yeah, because I've ridden a horse for an extended period of time, and your legs are spread open for significant. Like it just it hurts your hips. I didn't know if that's, but. I'm picking up what you're throwing down. <laughs> Our listeners and viewers are right. probably as well. That's why and we're moving we're, on. We're reeling it back in. Okay. So, Kinsey, in this message, right, I can use this purse, send me. Yeah. Right, and you, and one of the things it's that dangerous. you talked about. <laughs> that's just, that's going to be your response to everything. Yes. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. You have to say it a little bit more dangerously. Dangerous. That's, see, that was good. That was good. But you talked about two general categories of excuses. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to, you know, when you've, you've got people that say, hey, well, I want to get used by God, but, and the categories that you talked about were willingness and insecurities. Yeah. You looked at some individuals in scripture that, that demonstrated these excuses, but what are some ways you've seen this play out in people's lives today? Well, I mean, I shared it in the message too. I mean my insecurities and who I am, you know, I was pretty transparent about that. Amy, just her willingness. Um, I see the willingness play out a lot or, or people come up with, I don't know. I just, it always comes down to those two. Like, like I'll approach people about maybe being a life group leader. And I hear this excuse a lot of, well, I just don't know enough about the Bible. Like they, they contribute to just having to have this vast knowledge or I have to have a seminary degree or, or something in order to be able to just maybe overflow one thing that you've already learned in just your own personal walk. Uh, like that's probably the number one excuse that I hear personally in just working with people is, well, I just don't know enough. Well, like how much do you need to know before you're willing to be sent? You know, like... I, I just, I wrestle with that because uh, in my own walk, like I, I still don't know a lot. And the more that I know, I realize I don't know. Like you'll never understand fully God and theology and a bunch of churchy terms that you can learn. Like you, you're never going to fully understand all that. Right. Which 
I do I do think it's important because I I have had church experiences in the past where you know you have people on the other end of the spectrum and they would say well it doesn't like like you don't have to be you know prepared enough I mean to where you know uh, a denomination that I was affiliated with previously you know like early on in that denomination's life like their approach to missions was well I'm just going to go like Holy Spirit's going to give me one. I mean, I mean, they didn't learn culture, they didn't learn language. Oh, sure, yeah, none of this stuff. I mean, so yeah. there are times where we're not Preparing saying yourself. we're not saying you you don't just like sure, yeah, go into everything and shoot from the hip. But yeah, yeah. So I do think but that's a, a massive insecurity because when you ask the question, that's where I hung up is the insecurity of I don't know enough, and um, I mean that's a real insecurity. I, I think even pastors we we may struggle with that at times too. Of Absolutely. not, but I, I, where I'm at with my years of full time ministry is I'm okay sitting there going, I don't know, <laughs> right? I don't. Yeah. Um, but it took me a while to get there and be okay with that answer to questions. So I think if you're a viewer or listener and you do fight those insecurities because you feel like you don't know enough, um, it's okay. Be, the, be okay to answer someone's question and say, I, I just don't know. Um, but I also want to encourage you to jump in to try to find out. Right. Right. I mean, most, a lot of your learning is, the question is, I don't know enough about the Bible. That's the insecurity. That's what people say. I, I, w- I would question and say, and that's okay, but what are you doing to help you understand the Bible more? Oh, yeah. Right. Are, are you even digging into God's word? What are you doing of course, you can't go around life saying, I'm a believer, I follow Jesus, but never get into God's word. Well, no wonder why you're never going to understand, right? Right. But also at the same time, Brandon, you hit it. We can't put God and theology in a box and try to, God is all-powerful, all-knowing, everywhere. We, we will never in our finite minds understand, fully grasp who God is right. in all theology. We just won't. But you got to start somewhere. Because if you did... Well, then God's not God anymore, right? <laughs> like We're our own little mini demigods. Right. If we understood it all. Yeah. yeah. Like like Maui. Like, Moana. yes. Yeah. Good That's actually why I mentioned it, because we I just saw it on TV the other oh, day. Nice. Our girls just watched that this week. <laughs> oh, dude, like, that's, that's a pretty, good, that's a pretty yeah. good movie. Yeah. The Rock can sing. So. <laughs> all right, but so let's, let's look at one of those excuses, willingness. And what would you say to the person... He says, hey, I really do want to be sent by God. I want God to, to use me. They say, but there's only 24 hours in the day, <clears throat> and I've got a busy life. Now, I'm not talking like busy life. I'm spending four hours watching Netflix. I'm talking, I mean, you've got people that are providing 24-hour care to their parents. You've got people that have, that have kids. You've got people that have all these things that are, you know, they're not just slacking off, doing a bunch of stupid stuff. Right. right? They're, they're really busy doing the things that they need to do to get by in life. And they say, well, well, I, I'm willing, but I just, I just, there really aren't any more hours I can squeeze out of the day. Sure. I mean, what do you, what do you say to that person? I, the one example, as you were asking that, like the, the, the folks who are taking care of their parents, right? Like maybe that is what God is sending them to do right now. You know, maybe, maybe God's not asking them to stop taking care of your parents or, throw them in a home somewhere so that you can go be a missionary. I, I, I don't know that God would do that. I, at the same time, I don't want to put them in a box, but um, I don't think he would do that. Um, I, I think it's like, what are our expectations when we hear send me? 
And I tried to allude to this a little bit in the message of he's not calling all of us to go to Africa and be a missionary and drill wells sort of thing. He's not calling all of us to go to the inner city and work with homeless people. He is doing that to some people, but at the same time, like it's almost like a hard issue of if he was to call you, would you be willing to do it sort of thing? Um, Otherwise, I think he's calling us to just love him and to love our neighbors. And so maybe he's just sending us to love our neighbors. And I, I think that's the danger of this dangerous prayer is we can misinterpret it. Sure, absolutely. So we can think of the highlight, the big thing, like you mentioned, yeah, yeah. going to Africa, like that's it. But sometimes this prayer just boils down to we just need to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And sometimes it's just to our family. Sometimes it's to our neighbor. It's a coworker. It's those that are right there around us. So I think, I, I, sure, God can send you on the big thing, mm-hmm. but he often works in the little things too. So look there with this prayer, and that would be the danger of this dangerous prayer. <laughs> so, I mean, and Ryan, you're the, you're the veteran in this semi-circle here ministry-wise, but do you think Big C Church, and even local churches, right, like do we not do a very good job like making that – a known possibility. Well, no, because what we've done, and I'm not—I don't want to feel like I'm—I'm I'm bashing the church over generations with this statement, and I'm not. The issue is we've associated this whole idea in church world with send is missions work, and missions is always associated with overseas missions, and we have to come back and say, hey, what about? Let me start here. What about my family? Those under my roof. That's mission field number one. Number two, what about my neighborhood? Did God place me here in this house at the right opportunity for my neighbors? What do they need? So I think, yeah, we want the highlights though. Like it is, it is more exciting to be sent over to Africa than it is to stay here in Sturgis, Michigan and minister in your neighborhood. Like that's more exciting. We live in a culture that, th- that thrives on the highlight reel of life. But yeah, I can be the highlight reel I may not go to Africa, but by golly, I can go and serve my neighbor and be the hands and feet of Jesus and go mow their lawn. Mm-hmm. Who knows the impact that I'm doing in that moment to that my neighbor right there? Right. And so, yeah, I just we've 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 probably always had it right in church world. We just never articulated it well with the people who attend church. That's interesting. That's good. No, I mean there was something. I think we actually just sent it out to all our families of kids and students, uh, but it's something Andy Stanley said. Uh, it's the statement that, that your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God might not be something you do, but someone you raise. Mm-hmm. You know, so, well, I mean, which ties into it. Yeah, maybe it doesn't have to be something out and about. It could be right right there at home. Yeah, I, and, like, I, I think it's a heart issue of, if God was to call me, am I willing to go anywhere, no matter what, no strings attached sort of thing? I, I think more often than not, he's not going to do those big highlight ones, but it might be, like you said, Ryan, mowing the neighbor's yard. So here's an example. Um, my neighbor uh, to the north of me, he typically keeps his yard pretty well maintained, has a bunch of fruit che- trees and stuff, and uh, he shares it with uh, our family. He brought over like four peaches off his tree and stuff. It was, it was awesome. 
just super generous guy. But I noticed his grass is getting tall for like over a month. And it's like, I wonder if his lawnmower broke sort of like I was just wrestling with it. There is a language barrier there. So it makes it a little bit more challenging. Uh, but there has been communication sort of thing. And so one day I'm, I'm getting done mowing and I, I was listening to some worship music and it is almost like a small, still voice of just go mow his yard. Just start with the front yard. And so I went into the front yard between the sidewalk and the street and I just, and I wasn't even done doing that small little chunk and he already comes out and he's like, come here, come here. And he was showing me that his lawnmower broke, but he had a push mower and he's got a bum wheel. Like he's got a major limp. I don't know if there's something wrong with his hip or so something. So not a bum wheel in the lawnmower. You mean literally his leg. <laughs> yeah, is that bummed. could be confusing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. I've never I've never heard a leg I mean, I've heard bum leg. Yeah. I've never heard it referred to as a bum wheel. Well, there you go. I'm always I got something. Did you listen. did you coin that phrase? <laughs> Stop joshing me. That's a whole nother episode. Anyways, uh inside joke there. No one's gonna get that. So he's like, Yeah, my lawnmower broke. He has a bum wheel as in he has a major limp and he limps over to his van and he has like this, it's a pretty run down push mower and I helped him uh, get it out of his van and he was having a hard time firing it up. Well, I noticed he didn't have the throttle all the way up. Like it was on low. As soon as I pushed it up, it fired up on the first start and he just looks at me like, yeah, like <laughs> that broke all cultural barriers of communication. Like, but I finished mowing his yard. He helped sort of thing. But I tried to go really fast, like do a good job, but go fast. But back to the semi of, I just felt like God, like, I think he was, I, I don't know if it was a test, but was I willing to go to my neighbors and just mow his yard? Super simple task. And to me, like, that's a hard, like, I could have just blown, no, nah, his grass is fine. Or it'll just make my yard look that much better. So like, I could I could have that mentality in that heart, but so there. So there are two aspects to send me, uh, or well, to the willingness piece. I mean, yeah. The first, first, you need to spend time with Holy Spirit to to understand and know to whom you are sent. To whom? Is that right? mm-hmm. I think that's right. Mm-hmm. To whom you are sent, uh, and then you need, because it might be your kids, your parents, your neighbor. It might be overseas. It might be in local mission. You know. Who knows? But then that, that second step then, like you said, is, is right. the obedience part. So, and that's yeah. where that Yeah, obedience, I think. And, and, and the thing with this prayer, too, is when we pray, send me, it doesn't mean we're going to get the, all these people saved with this prayer. Sure, yeah. It's just be the hands and feet of Jesus. I'm setting an example of who Jesus Christ is to you in this moment. That's yeah. why I love the prayer. I've heard it put like a row of dominoes. You know how you stand them up and you push them and they all... You might be the domino in the middle and not the end of that, you know, like, mm-hmm. I don't, just a visual to go with what you were saying. Mm-hmm. I've heard it put like that. Hmm. Oh, that's good. That's good. So the other thing, you know, with the insecurities you talk about, uh, and you use the passage where it talks about strength and weakness. That's yeah. like, a, that's a really difficult concept to grapple with. Yeah. Right? This idea that God is strong in our weakness. <laughs> like unpack that a little bit. And like, well, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I, so when I first started this journey of going into ministry, I was, I was still working full time. I was a heavy volunteer, but I was starting to go through some classes. I was trying to gain a little bit of knowledge. I was trying to prepare myself. And uh, it was like introduction to Old Testament, New Testament, 
just an overview of the Bible. And I remember, I, I don't even remember the guy's name. He's a pastor out west somewhere. He was the teacher. And he just opened my eyes to paradoxes. Which is your new favorite word oh, in the last man. two months, by the I way. I can't. When you... Par- paradoxical thinking. Oh, like if, if I had a nickel for but, every time. Uh, hold on. But, I mean, it's, it's a big word. <laughs> it is. So will you tell those that are listening and viewing, like, what does it mean? Because you even I, said it in your message. And I, I wanted to jump up, say, explain that word, because people don't know what I don't paradox have, is. I'm still working on my personal <laughs> definition of it. it. It's hard to describe. Like... Um, we like to use the verse John 10, 10 all right, a lot, right? Like the, the, the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy, but I've come to bring life. Like it's the opposite of yeah. something. And so like how do you get power out of weakness? Like they're opposite of one another. But it's like upside down thinking. It is, right. right. And that's how God's kingdom works. Like Jesus came to serve other people, not people to come serve Jesus. And you're the king of kings, the king, right? Lord of lords. Like, like we ought to be serving you. He's like, no. So when you start seeing these paradoxes in scripture, in fact, I even use a special highlight now when I start seeing them. Um, like you can't unsee them when you start seeing them in scripture. So like this, all a, Paul got it and he wrote like this. And I, and I shared just a few of those verses of just this paradoxical, this upside down, opposite, type of thinking like i mean that's why i was willing to be transparent with the struggles that i have and just who i am as a person but god seems to be using me in that like that's not me that's him and his power and and that's what i'm trying to give credit to like i'm just a guy who loves jesus and he's passionate about him god seems to have put me in a position of leadership and i'm just trying to overflow that to others that's all i'm trying to do and there's this, this idea, though, in that whole verse is, you know, you can literally live this verse out all the time. For instance, you on your own strength, I, I cannot forgive that person. That hurt runs too deep. Yeah. But God, I know if I lean into your power, your forgiveness through me, can I can forgive this person. It's a great example. Thing. Um, you can do it. Uh, temptation comes your way. Mm. My flesh is weak. your Holy Spirit needs to do something right now where spirit needs to win because flesh is weak. And in my weakness, God, your strength comes through and you can pull me out. There's that exit and I'm walking away from this temptation. And normally you sit there and go, I would have every other day walked into that temptation. Yeah. But his strength in me pulled me out of this thing and I was able to flee from it, those things. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, so in the context of this send me prayer, you know, we're talking about this strength and weakness. If, if one of the reasons you don't want to be sent is because of your insecurities, it's the reminder that uh, it's not based on what you bring to the table. God can use what you bring to the table. Right. But it's not dependent on what you bring to the table. So if you're, if you're like, eh, again, I don't know enough, or I don't you know, have the right skill set, uh, God isn't going to be like, oh, crap, like Jimmy doesn't know how to do this. Yeah, um, he's going to. I don't know what he's, I'm going to do. If he's calling you, he's going to equip you. Yeah. Like you don't need to be equipped, then get called. He'll he'll equip the called. Yeah. But that's paradoxal thinking. I need to be right. equipped. Yes. And once it's I'm equipped, off. then I can be called. <laughs> and it's no. Yeah. Think of Moses. You're called. I have a calling in your life, right. Moses. And Moses is giving you excuses, right? I have a calling in your life. I'll equip you for what you need to do. Come on. But you have a calling first. Yeah. 
And yeah. But, I mean, but in the way we generally approach things, because this is reality, right? <laughs> like you learn how to do something before you go do it. I mean, I mean, which is why it's, sure. it seems backwards, right? I don't, I don't go and work on a car until I've learned how to work. You know, I need to bring a certain skill set to the table. It's, or YouTube. Absolutely. Not, or YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> but even then, you're learning. You're learning. Sure, before, yeah. You know, you don't just go start banging. Well, maybe some people do. <laughs> like knocking a wrench around. <laughs> right. Oh, I hope this fixes it. <laughs> but what's interesting, though, you'll, you can look back and you don't know the moment that God's calling you to something, but you can look back and realize, wow, you were equipping me all the way. Mm-hmm. I can look back at my past experience or whatever I went through and realize, wow, that was the equipping the entire time. Because you go look at the Moses story, the 40 years that he's in a, as a shepherd, he's God's using that moment for 40 years as he's in Midian. Um, that's, that's 40 years of training for Moses to get ready to do what God's calling you to do. Moses didn't see it in the moment, but hey, guess what? Because you're going to have 40 years in the wilderness with the Israelites I gave you 40 years as a shepherd learning the territory, learning the wilderness, right. how to be a shepherd, because you're going to go do it. Which he a, would not have known if he had gone from being yep. prince in Egypt right. to 40 years. Yep. And he'd be like, uh, <laughs> where's, where's my servants? Bring me But some even water in the right midst now. of his calling, right? Like he was, he needed to learn some leadership skills of delegation, right? And his father-in-law comes up on the picture and says, hey, you should have the, you know, the thousands in the hunt. So, like, even in the midst of that calling, God brings in his father-in-law and even equips him more, even in the midst of the journey. Once he was willing to do it. <laughs> Once he got past his insecurities and realized his calling. Yeah. So, when we were leading into this message, right, in, in the, what we call the ice sculpture, right, <laughs> uh, you, you, had, you had some other things that you wanted to bring to this message, um, all which in about. hindsight I see was good to not do that in the message. <laughs> so, but first, for those of you that are listening or watching, can you explain what this is a little uh, how the sausage is made kind of thing? Can you explain what our ice? This is where Ryan, you, you, this, you you brought this to us. This is not yes. Something that this we this came is Ryan's with. leadership, so really right. he should be the one explaining it. But um, it's where you think God gave you a message, and then all your friends and staff members hack it all up. Is it? We just say, delete that slide. Delete that slide. Uh, so, no, yeah, you, you try to get a, a bone structure of the message, kind of where you're going. Uh, we get together as a team, and, you know, we, we look at it. or like, hey, great point here, but I think it would fit better at this part in the message. Or this thing might muddy up the waters sort of thing. Or this, that's almost a separate message. I think is what I kind of heard on this particular <laughs> ice sculpture. But that's the beauty of the podcast. So we, God we laid all this stuff on things. my heart, but uh, that, yeah, there was a whole nother message. message. Yeah. So am I supposed to get a keynote ready for this message then? Part B of send me prayer. Well, hey, it's not bad to have one in the pocket. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ryan, anything you want to say about, about the ice sculpture? No, the reason why we call it an ice sculpture is you, you have this big old honking chunk of ice and yeah. eventually you chisel it away to make it beautiful. And that's kind of what we do is when you create a, a whole message, um, you may feel like it's good, but to everyone else, it's still just a big, huge chunk of ice and we chisel things away to make it beautiful. Right. 
And um, you can, the problem is also with ice sculpture is you can fall in love with your message almost too much. And so we just get blindsided. We don't see the little right. other avenues that, wow, that was great input. Like, thank you for saying that. I'll get rid of that or I'll flip this around. Or, you know, sometimes too, as, as males, let's just be honest, as males, I mean, sometimes it's hard to get a female perspective. Sure, we're narrow. And so focused, we bring yeah. in some females into that ice sculpture process for us to be like, hey, what is this? What is what's a female perspective? Because I, I don't know how females would wrestle with this. Mm-hmm type thing so that's just part of the process yeah i think i ended up with an ice cube by the ice time. <laughs> but i, I will say sculpture you were but it made the lemonade super chill i mean we're gonna get to that uh, yeah. that half here in just a moment but you were you were visibly upset after this ice sculpture <laughs> uh yeah the emotions were definitely on it. so it so i it, because it comes out of hurt right like i have a hard time with criticism and you guys were not criticizing, like, let me be clear to the audience, like, everything that is shared in the ice sculpture is gentle and patient and with love. Um, I just have my own insecurities and my own hurts and hang-ups, and so it's hard for me to receive constructive criticism. And, I mean, even as difficult it was on this last ice sculpture, I hope that there's been at least a half a step in the right direction of you guys have maybe observed. I mean, just even the way that I communicated, like, Hey, I'm, I'm frustrated, not at you guys, just at this process. Like, I feel like I'm growing a little bit in that area. I mean, I got a ton, got a long way to go, but it's good though. Some of that ties into what, what Ryan was just saying, right? Like we get so, we get so married to something or, you know, it, I've had times where, yeah. you know, like, I'll lay it out. I know exactly what I'm trying to communicate. Right. So in my mind, it's like, oh, this makes perfect sense. Well, but everyone else in the room is like, what, what in the world? Well, I'm sitting saying? there like, how come you guys don't get this? Like, yeah. it, yeah. It makes Which we perfect. did. We said, we get it. It's yeah. just you got two messages in one message. <laughs> and so the, the, the going back to what you said about being in love with the message is, like, I mean, you get this, right? Like, you, you're... You're spending time alone with God. You're in his presence. Hint. Uh, <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. Like you're just like you're in awe of just being there. And it's just so good. And you get that like you go through so much information and so much scripture that never makes it into the message. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's so awesome being there. Mm-hmm. Um, Which leads us perfectly into the, the second part of this question because what, what's that <laughs> <laughs> so in in your original version of this message you you spent a lot of time uh, trying to make a connection between being in the presence of God and being willing to be sent I mean yeah. and I know you know in this message you use that Isaiah you know you referenced Isaiah yeah I went pretty quick right. over it but I mean so, yeah. so you have Isaiah who's who's taken into the presence of the Lord, and, and then, you know, one of the famous verses, you know, here am I, send me, kind of thing. Right. right? And you, you really wanted to spend some time on that. So for those that are listening or watching, give us kind of the, uh, a little bit of a peek into that. Yeah. Know, this connection between the presence of God and being willing to be I mean, I alluded to it just a little bit in the message. I was trying to tease it out, just hoping people would just crack it open and dive in a little more. But another famous line in the, I forget which verse, but it's in chapter six there. It'd be before, it'd be before verse eight, but 
oh, whoa, me. Like, he's in God's presence, and he's like, oh, boy. Like, who am I to be in God's presence with all these other divine, like, whoa. And an angel comes over with a hot coal and touches his lips. Like, (laughs) it, it sanctifies him in that moment to allow, like, he realized his worth. Uh, as a human and now he's had the privilege of being in god's presence and so now he's like no strings of chat no strings attached send me god here i am like use me uh, i'm I, i'm here and uh i think there's something really powerful to be said about coming out of god's presence like, I think it's probably hard for people to pray a dangerous prayer of send me if you've never even been in God's presence. I'm not saying that he wouldn't do that, but I think it would be the fuel, the motivation is how can I not go do this? I, I've spent time with God. Like, I've just spent some time in God's word and in prayer. I've had some worship music on. No one's home. And I'm literally flat on my face in my living room, snot bubble crying because I'm overwhelmed by the presence of God. It's just an overflow of that. And uh, I'm not saying I have those moments each and every day, but I've, I've had those moments. Or necessarily that that is a prescription for how, like if you're watching sure, this, yeah, you're yeah. like, oh, like, yeah. I'm not really in the presence of God unless I'm like snot all over my floor. I mean, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I don't always snot on my floor, which is, no. I want to clarify okay. that. Okay. <laughs> Before people start giving me a hard time about snotting. Like, I'm not going to the Kinsey's house. They got snot all over the floor. That's right. Where, where are your shoes inside? But I'm just saying, like, sometimes it's so overwhelming. Like, there is emotions to it. Um, at least in my experience. Not all the time. I've sensed God's presence. I've sensed him being there and it wasn't always this emotional thing but there's been times where i couldn't even control my emotions because i was so completely overwhelmed by the presence of god and it's out of those moments that it's like thanks god for allowing me to just like you pulled the curtain back ever so slightly thank you for doing that i can't help but to want to go serve him and be sent wherever he go wherever he asked me to go um, yeah, I, there's something powerful about that. And so I can't encourage people enough to, without giving a prescription, seek out God's presence as much as you possibly can, as many days out of the week as you can. And, and for me, um, it's having a personal quiet time each and every day, spending time in God's word, reading, to give an example this week, um, I've been going through Exodus, as many people know, our listeners that listen a lot. Um, I've been in Exodus chapter 20, verse 8, for four days now, which is keeping the Sabbath. I'm on this journey of trying to understand the Sabbath in my life. And I've spent four days on one verse. Like I haven't had this highly emotional experience or anything like that, but I know that God is trying to do something in my life. It's undeniable. Someday, Lord willing, maybe he'll use part of my personal walk of learning what a Sabbath is in my life, and maybe I'll overflow that. Maybe he'll send me to overflow that to someone else. I have no idea. So that's just a real-life example of what's happening in my life. So I just, just so 
I don't know if we need to clarify, but like, I mean, so you're saying if you if you spend time in the presence of God, it will be hard to not respond with a, a willing heart to being sent. Is that, I mean, is that? Um, no, because I think there were spiritual beings that spent time in God's presence and they rebelled against him. So I think it is a possibility that, yeah, you could just say no to it. You could rebel against that. I think that's a possibility. But I think being in the presence of God can overwhelm your insecurities mm, yeah. and overwhelm your... I ain't doing that. I ain't going willing. <laughs> right. The non-willingness part. Yeah. His presence can overwhelm that. And then you'll be able to say, okay, Lord, you're confident. You well, in a sense, yeah. you're, you're, you're observing or experiencing the power. You know, we talk about power and weakness. You're like, well, what is the power of God? What does that even mean? But when you're in the presence of God, like you, you get a <sighs> glimpse of that. So like, oh yeah. So, I mean, what you're saying, Ryan, is, you know, that, that overwhelms it. Want to wrap this up? Just kind of talking about again, you know, this idea of the presence of God. But do you need to be in the presence of God to pray this prayer? Send me. Um, so Ryan and Brandon, to wrap it up, like super practically speaking, what what do people do? What's the takeaway? Like, do they need to get in the presence of God before they can pr- pray? Lord, send me. Can they just start praying? Lord, send me. Because that was the challenge, right? The challenge to the message was pray, send me. Yeah. What What do they got to do? Let's just let's just finish it out with some. I mean, I think we would all agree. I mean, it's awesome to be in the presence of God. We ought to do it daily. And um, I think the more as we we mature in our faith and grow, we realize the importance of doing it in the in the morning first thing, um, giving God first. But at any time, I, I realize schedules get in the way, our calendars get muddy. At any time, you can say that prayer. Lord, send me. You could be on your way to the school as a school teacher. You can be on your way to the factory as a factory worker, uh, to the business that you own, and just say, Lord, send me. I'm available. Send me today. Um, and just be on the lookout. I think that's one of the things is you be, be on the lookout now. Once you say it, God's going to open doors. Um, be on the lookout for opportunities to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And it may be, again, small. It may be to that coworker you realize, I gotta go pray for that coworker. They just poured their heart out, but the but God answered the send me prayer. Send me. Who was the one that's gonna pray for that coworker? God, I I prayed on the way to work. Send me, and the coworker just poured their heart, and now I have this some burning sensation in my heart that I gotta go pray. Ah, this is the answer to the send me. Okay, God, I'm going. I'm gonna go pray for my coworker now. So it could be as simple as as, as that. It's good. Anything else you want to add, Kenji? I, I not. To that, I just the one of the byproducts of this at times can be the reward of sometimes God shows you, hey, I, I used you in this situation, and um, sometimes that can be overwhelming. Um, you know, if if you were standing in a Walmart parking lot and you ran into someone and you led them in a prayer of faith and salvation in Jesus. Um, and God used you, like you, you, maybe you planted zero seeds in that, but you were just willingness to be available in that moment to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Like, uh, you know, I admitted I've had some drug issues in my past. Like, I, I think I'm addicted to being used by God in a sense now. <laughs> of, like, I, I, I don't think there's anything more rewarding than being used by God on this side of eternity. I, 
just hands down. I don't know that there's anything even remotely close, especially when he reveals it to you that he used you because not all the time does he reveal that to you. You don't. You're just trying to be obedient. You're willing. Sometimes you see the fruit of it. Sometimes you don't. And when you do get to see it, chase. It's so awesome. And it's easier to pray this dangerous prayer when you've prayed the other prayer. Break me. And with it. Because when I'm broken, now it's God, use me. Be bold, send me. Would that be coming out of the presence of God? It's okay. (laughs) So to those of you that are listening or watching, uh, pray all those prayers. Lord, make me bold. Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. And Lord, send me to be part of the solution. Uh, We've got two more uh, teachings in this series, so pay attention to further episodes. This has been episode 27 of Radiant Reflections. Appreciate you joining us. We would love it if you would rate, review, subscribe, like, share, all those good things on social media or on your podcast platform. We appreciate it, and we will look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for listening to Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. We hope today's edition of Radiant Reflections has helped you live like Jesus and share his love with your family, friends, and neighbors. To learn more about the church family this podcast originates from, check out theradiantlife.church. That's theradiantlife.church. Maybe you have some questions after listening today. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at theradiantlife.church. That's podcast at theradiantlife.church. Don't forget to subscribe to the Radiant Reflections podcast. When you subscribe, you'll always have the latest content delivered right to your phone from the Radiant Life Church. We'd also be grateful if you could rate and review Radiant Reflections. Every time we receive a five-star review, more people learn about this podcast. We also want to encourage you to share this podcast on social media and with your friends and family. Join us next time for another edition of Radiant Reflections.